All right, well, I know it's spring break, so I'm really glad to see uh, the crowd that we have here. So thanks, thanks for being here. I know there's a lot of different places you could be or things you could be doing. Um, tonight, we're continuing the series that we started all the way back in the fall. We're still going, still going strong. Um, it's our series on big questions. So tonight's big question is this. Does God care whether I'm a boy or a girl? Now, we'll talk a little bit more about what that question means and what's behind that question as we go. But that's our question. Um, you have your scripture sheets. I put them on your seats. If you need one, there are a couple extras floating around. Um, the, the side with Genesis 1 is the, is the front side, so just FYI. Um, and would you stand as we read God's word together tonight? I'm going to read the second passage on your sheet, which is Psalm 139, verses 13 through 15. This is God's word. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. This is God's living and active word. Let's pray. Father, you are our creator who made us. Lord, would you show us how to live as you would desire us to live? Show us how to live in difficult times. And Lord, would you give us hope in the midst of the difficulties we face? We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys can be seated. So I want to start us off tonight with something a little bit different than we normally do. But bear with me on this. I want everybody to close their eyes. Okay? Everybody in the room to close their eyes. Now, raise your hand if you've ever wanted to change something about your body. Could be you want to be taller. Could be you want to be shorter. Could be you want to be stronger. You want to change your, your weight. You want to change your eye color, your age. Right? You want to change anything about your body. Okay, now put your hands down, open your eyes. Pretty much everybody's hand in the room went up, okay? Everybody has something that they would like to change about their bodies. Something, could be something good, big, could be something small, right? But when it comes to our bodies, we understand the desire on some level to change them, right? And that's important because when we get to questions of gender and and things like that and people wanting to change certain things about their bodies, it's easy to think of certain things and certain people as, whoa, whoa, that's crazy. I, I, I can't think about that. It doesn't make sense to us. But we all understand on some level what it means to feel pain in our bodies and want to change them. We know how it feels. Um, and that pain will just grow as we get older, realistically, because our bodies will break down and eventually die. And that's hard. That's a lot of pain to think about, right? But we need to know what God's word says about our bodies in general so that we can engage this question specifically. So when it comes to the question, does does God care whether I'm a boy or a girl? It's wrapped up in this question of bodies and the bodies that we have and what to do with the pain that we feel in our bodies. So as we think about it tonight, there are three things I want us to see from God's word. First, our bodies were made on purpose. Second, our bodies are broken. And third, our bodies will be made new. So first, our bodies were created on purpose. Once again, we go back to Genesis 1. We've been there a lot recently. We've started there a lot. Um, But it's the beginning, so we need to start there. So it says this in Genesis 1, 27 through 28 on your sheet. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Okay, yes, we've heard this passage a lot. We've read it sold after sold. But we got to remember what it says, that we were made by God, that we were made in his image to be like him. And it says we were made to be either male or female. God, from the very beginning, meant there to be two genders, and he made you with gender intentionally. That was his design. 
Now, we've heard this passage in Genesis, but I want, to hear us, want us to hear it in another way, which is that passage in Psalms that I read for us. Psalm 139. It says this. Let me read it again for us. This is talking about God. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you, and I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. God knit you together with care. It was intentional. It says in that passage, you're wonderfully made or wonderfully set apart. You're intricately woven. It speaks of God's care over you. It doesn't always feel that way, but you aren't an accident. God made you, and he made you especially. This this phrase, intricately woven, is interesting, right? So many of the things we wear are woven together. Think about the clothes you're wearing that are different fabrics woven together even now, right? Somebody has intricately made that and made it specially, right? God made you. He wove you together. You were no accident. Our bodies were created on purpose. So what does it mean for us today when we think about the fact that our bodies were created on purpose? Well, first, your body is part of you. Sometimes it's easy to think, well, the body is just something I have and I can kind of do whatever I want with it. But that's part of who you are. And God made you and you made you with a body and he made you with a body on purpose. It was no accident. It's also easy to think really little of ourselves and our bodies. But the God of the universe intricately wove you together. What does that say about the value of you and the value of your body? God made also every person that we see in his own image. And if we think about that, this should help us to treat one another with respect and to say, look, God made this person as well, intricately wove them together. It also means we treat our own bodies and the bodies of other people with love and care. We don't try to unweave what God has made. We honor him as creator. It also means there's purpose behind our weaving. It means there's purpose behind Genesis 1. God created two genders. He could have done it any number of ways, right? He's the God of the universe, but that's the way he made it, right? That's the, that's the way he decided he wanted to do it. So our bodies were created on purpose, but we heard already, we already know that, we, that our bodies aren't perfect. We all feel pain and hurt in our bodies. Well, why? Where does that come in, right? That leads to our second point. Our bodies are broken. When I say broken, I mean they don't work the way they're supposed to do, right? They don't work right. And if you haven't experienced that, you will at some point. There are diseases, disabilities, disorders. Our bodies will eventually die, right? Why are they this way? Why are they broken? If they were intricately made, if they were woven together by God, what happened? Well, the answer goes back to Genesis, but Genesis chapter 3, which is where sin and evil entered the world through the sin of Adam and Eve. And after that sin, right, all of these consequences happen. And God actually tells them in Genesis 3 the consequences for their actions. And I printed that passage for you. I'm not going to read it, but I'm going to go through and note some of the pain here. And listen to the pain, specifically pain in our physical bodies. In verse 16, we see pain in childbearing for women. We see pain in relationships between men and women. In verse 17, we see in pain shall man eat all the days of his life. In verse 18, we see the pain of touching thorns and thistles. In verse 19, we see the pain of what it means to work, physical pain. See, as a direct consequence of of sin, we now experience pain and hurt in our bodies. In our game tonight, we had this thing where, you know, there was a representative that you sent up from your corner if your corner was called out, right? And your representative had to answer the question. If they got it wrong, you were out. If they got it right, you were in. Adam was our representative back there in the garden, right? And because of that, now we live in a world where it's sin and evil. And Romans 8 summarizes all this, and that's in Genesis 3, but it summarizes it very shortly. It's the first part of Romans 8 on the bottom of your sheet. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it 
Okay, that's a, kind of an odd phrase. What does it mean to be subjected to futility? That's kind of odd. It means that our bodies were made broken and made useless, not, not to be able to do the things they're very, they're very actually supposed to do, to be meant to do. So there's a lot of pain in our bodies. And it says they were subjected through him. That's, that's through Adam is what it's saying, right? And all the pain and evil in the world that we experience, all of the sin, has its roots all the way back to the garden in Genesis 3. So the pain we experience in our bodies, the brokenness of our bodies, goes all the way back to sin entering the world in Genesis 3. Our bodies are broken, and this brokenness can be really, really deep. Because of sin and evil, one of the consequences is that some people are born with bodies that don't easily fit into boxes of male and female. We're talking not, not mentally, we're talking actually physically, right? A very small proportion of the population. Maybe by my estimates that I've seen, it's about one in every 5,000. And biologically, it's called intersex, which is a really hard thing to figure out how to live and what to do. But the Bible recognizes that this is a result of the fall, and it calls this condition and other conditions similar under this term eunuch. And actually, eunuchs are a part of God's plan in that they're, they're actually part of God's purpose. They're, they enter into God's community in amazing ways. Throughout the Bible, we see them pop up, and we see how God actually cares for them and loves them. So in Jeremiah 38, the prophet Jeremiah is in a cistern. He's in this well, right, with nobody to get him out. And a eunuch comes and actually saves him. And then God says, because you saved him, I'm going to save you. And you're going to be part of my people. In Acts chapter 8, there's an Ethiopian eunuch who's reading Isaiah, the chapter Isaiah, Isaiah 53. And then one of the apostles is there and actually speaks to him. And he comes to know the Lord. And I think it's amazing because there's a promise in Isaiah 56, just a few chapters later, about eunuchs. And it says, for those that follow the Lord, even though they have no sons and daughters, they'll have a house within God's walls and a monument and a name better than sons and daughters and an everlasting name. So that biological reality that, that happens because of the brokenness of sin doesn't stop God's purposes. But it's important to note there's a difference between intersex and transgender, right? Those are words you might hear thrown around every now and then, uh, especially today. So transgender it means your body was actually made either male or female, but you feel so much pain and hurt in your body that you want to switch. You want to be the other gender. And that's a really hard thing. That's a result of the brokenness from the fall. It's a really difficult thing. And there's all sorts of ways we experience it. Some of us experience pain in our bodies a little bit, right? We want to change this about our bodies. We want to change that about our bodies. There are people who have really hard conditions where they really feel like their arm isn't their arm or their hand isn't their hand, and they would rather cut it off than live with it. And that's a really hard thing. It's a result of that brokenness, right? The answer, though, is not to have a quick fix, just to cut your arm off, right? Because that's actually part of who you are. That's the way God made you. And so it's a really difficult thing to care for them, but also to say this is a result of pain and sin and brokenness. You see, there's no quick fix for the brokenness of our bodies that you and I can have. Now, so what does it mean for us then on a daily basis that our bodies are broken? Some of it I've already talked about, but also the pain and hurt that we experience is a direct result of sin being in the world. I mean, people are hurting, and that hurt is not necessarily their fault. They deal with some really difficult things that are a result of sin and evil being in the world. And that should help us feel for them and seek to care for them and love them. And like I said, all of our bodies will break down and decay, so all of us will experience this hurt at some point, whether or not we have. And we see that in that consequences of sin in Genesis 3, there becomes this opposition between genders, between male and female. That's a direct result of the fall. 
which means that tension that we feel to try to say what's better, male or female, to try to say which one is, is you know, the right way and things like that, that's a tension that actually didn't exist in the way God created us. It's not meant to be that way. It also means because of sin and evil, we really need to listen to God's word. Because if we listen to just our hearts or our minds or even just our bodies, we're not going to be hearing what God's actually saying. Because those things are tainted by sin and the fall as well. That's a lot to take in, I know. Our bodies are broken. And so we're left with the question, is there any hope? I mean, is that just it? Are we just doomed to a life of broken bodies and decay and death? Well, there is hope. Because third, our bodies will be made new. Broken bodies aren't the end of the story, which is amazing. I want to read that passage in Romans 8, verse 20, but I'm going to keep reading. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit, grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. Hear that last line, the redemption of our bodies, right? Creation is groaning because of the sin and evil, and it's, it's groaning, and that includes us and our bodies, but we have hope, and that hope is the redemption of our bodies. Our bodies one day will be resurrected. And 1 Corinthians 15 describes these resurrection bodies. It compares our bodies then or now, to our bodies then, right? And it says a couple different things. I printed the scripture out for you. First, our bodies now are perishable, which means our bodies break down. They don't work right. They die. But then our resurrected bodies will be imperishable. They won't die. Now our bodies are full of dishonor and shame and hurt. But then our bodies will be full of glory. Now our bodies are bodies of weakness. But then our bodies will be bodies of power. But, but why can this happen, right? Why do you and I get resurrected bodies? Isn't there pain and evil and sin in the world? Where does that come from, right? What about what happened with Adam? What about our sin? What about the difficulties we experience? How can we just have resurrected bodies? How can we have hope for our bodies? Well, we have hope for our bodies and hope of the resurrection all because of Jesus Christ and his body. John chapter 1 talks about Jesus as the one through whom everything was made. And that everything includes us and our bodies, right? Because Jesus is God. So our bodies were made through Jesus. And this Jesus, through whom it all was made, he came to earth and took on a body himself. The, the, the Bible says the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So Jesus knows what it's like to be in a broken body. He knows what it's like to be in a body that hurts. And he came to save us. He was the second Adam, the Bible talks about. Talks, talks um, about him like that. He was the second Adam to undo what Adam did, to undo the, undo the curse that came with the sin and the pain. He came to save us. Mark 10, 45 says, For that even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus came to serve and give his life for us. St. Corinthians says this, He who knew no sin became sin, so that we might become the righteousness of God. And I want us to stop there for a second. The one who knew no sin became sin. Talk about not feeling at home in your body. The Lord of the universe came and took on a body and one that then took on our sin on top of that. And he did that for us. He did that for you and I. He knows ultimately what it feels like to be in a broken body. And his body was ultimately broken. 
He went to the cross. He was beaten and he was mocked and he was crucified and he died. God's word says this, by his very wounds, by the wounds of his body, we are healed. By his broken body, you and I have forgiveness. And the amazing good news is that Jesus didn't just die. He didn't just stay dead, but he rose again from the dead. And so at his resurrection, we see a foretaste of what our resurrection bodies will be like. The Bible uses the term first fruits there to say, like, we saw Jesus first in his resurrection body. And that's a model of what ours will be like one day. And now, in between the now and then, right, we're meant to serve like, the son, like Jesus did, like the Son of Man. Didn't come to be served, but to serve. That's the pattern he sets for us. To serve one another like he did. And so Galatians says this in Galatians 3, 26 to 28. For in Christ you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. Now Paul's not saying here the differences go away. <clears throat> He's actually saying, amazingly, just as men and women were both equally made in the image of God, they're both equally loved and saved and justified and will be equally glorified by Jesus Christ. Now, next Sunday morning, we're going to come to a passage which talks about some of the different roles that God has given to men and women on a Sunday morning. Right? So I encourage you guys to listen up to what Pastor Alex has to say because it will help work some of the differences out. But God has intended male and female to work together to provide beautiful unity and community, yet with the diversity of male and female. So we have hope through Jesus that our bodies will be made new. Our bodies will be glorified. I remember my first day when I was in middle school. Some of you have heard this story, but I forgot to wear my glasses to my first day of middle school. And it was in a new school, right? Well, I had this abiding fear that I could not wear them anymore because people didn't know me as having glasses. And people accepted me, I thought. And so if I wore glasses, I didn't like my glasses, so I thought nobody was going to accept me, right? I know that's a really trivial example. It's something that seems so small. But the beauty is this, right? There will be a day when I don't have to wear glasses anymore. There will be a day when I don't have to worry about that. There will be a day when my body is glorified. It is raised in power, as 1 Corinthians 15 says. So even in little things like that, it can seem like this world is all there is, right? That my pain and suffering is all there is. But there's actually hope. There's amazing hope of resurrected, glorified bodies. All the weakness will go away. So what does it mean to live with the hope of new bodies now for you and I? Well, it means that, like I said earlier, there's no quick fix to the deep pain we feel, but there is hope, and that hope is coming. And this is the hope that people need, not some quick fix, actually seeking to live according to the way God intended us all the way back in the beginning. It means our gender differences also shouldn't cause division, but actually means we should serve God better together because we're together. We need to recognize that men and women are both equally loved, equally saved, justified, and glorified in Jesus Christ, equally made in his image. That's important. It means we seek to live out God's amazing design for both male and female. And it also means no matter what we feel in our bodies, we have hope. Hope and comfort in a God who knows what it's like to have a human body, to have a broken body, and who did something so that someday we would have glorified resurrection bodies. So we've seen that God created our bodies, both male and female. We've seen that our bodies are broken by sin, which includes our individual bodies and our relationships with one another. But in Jesus, whose body was broken, we have hope, hope of forgiveness, hope of resurrection. Every year in the, in the fall, we go to Waco to do a paddle trip, and it's a lot of fun. And one of the first things we do is we play Ultimate Frisbee on the water, which is a little confusing, right? 
but everybody has the choice. You can either have a kayak or a paddleboard. And what I've noticed over the years is that the teams that do the best have both kayaks and paddleboards and use their advantages together. Because a kayak, you can paddle really fast, but you don't want to get out because you have a really hard time getting back in, right? A paddleboard can't go as fast, but the people who are on it can then jump in to get the frisbee, right? And so the teams that actually do the best use both of those things together and use their strengths, right? The kayaks are kayaks and the paddleboards are paddleboards, but you need both of them. And actually, when the, both of them are used, the team does really well together. You see, God created us and designed us specifically all the way back in the beginning, right? And he has a desire for us to live that out. I know it's hard. I know there's pain in our bodies, but we also have hope. Hope in what Jesus did. Hope in him coming and taking a body for us. I want to leave us with the words of Philippians 3.20, which talks about our hope that we have in resurrection. And in this passage, at this point in the letter, Paul is talking about the difficulty of living in a broken world. And he says this, But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly bodies to be like his glorious body, by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, Stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. Let's pray. Father, our bodies hurt a lot. There's a lot of pain that we experience and pain we will experience. But Lord, would you help us to know that we have hope through Jesus Christ, who took on a body for us, who became sin, so we might become the righteousness of God. Lord, would you help us to show the hope that we have to those around us, that we live with resurrection hope, and know that one day our bodies will be made new. Thank you so much for your son, Jesus, for his sacrifice on our behalf. Thank you for the fact that he knows what it's like to be in our shoes. Thank you for your care for us and for your spirit. Would you bless us now in small groups? We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.